You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. You have a passion inside of you, but the question is, are you willing to ignite that passion and utilize it for God's glory? We have to have a passion in order to inspire others. It may bother you, but does it bother you to the point of action? Does it bother you to the point of rising up and doing something about it? Passion involves work motivated by a love for its end result. There are lots of things that you care about, people or causes that really matter to you. Well, in today's teaching, Pastor Gary shares being passionate is only the first step. You need to do something with it. You'll learn that every believer should want to inspire others to know the Lord and grow in their relationship with Him. But it isn't enough to just desire to see others grow. You need to take action. God is inviting you to come alongside Him in the work that He's doing in the world. So say yes to His offer and join in. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 as he begins his message, A Desire to Inspire. Hebrews chapter 6, and we will read verses 10 through 20. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shown toward His name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. That's powerful. Saying, surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Glory to God. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I want to preach with the help of the Lord for a few minutes on the subject, a desire to inspire. A desire to inspire. Look with me again, if you will, at verses 10 and 11. 
For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Now notice the love and the affection uh, is clearly attributed to the name of God there. It says, which you have shown toward his name. Many people lose their fire and their zeal for ministry when they, when they lose their love for their Savior. Amen. And so it is the love of Christ, not the love of others or others' love for us, but the love of Christ, as Paul said, that constrains us. And then verse 11, notice, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. I believe personally, though I cannot prove it, that the, the writer of, or the author that God chose to write the book of Hebrews was Paul the Apostle. Uh, some would argue that, but regardless of who it is, he, he, he makes a point to show us that the church that he was addressing was commended for their work and labor of love, and then he expressed a desire that everyone reading this book do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. What kind of diligence are we talking about? Well, in verse 12 it said that you may not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Uh, it's the kind of uh, determination and diligence that not only starts but finishes what God started in your life. And, and in verse 10 it said at the end, in that you have ministered past tense to the saints and do present tense minister. And so the desire that God has for us is that we not just celebrate yesterday's victories, and yesterday's successes in ministry and what we have accomplished yesterday for our communities, but that we continue to explore other new territory, that we continue in that momentum to inspire others. Now, what are we, what are we trying to inspire people to do? For the church, our desire to inspire, we should want to inspire others first if they're not saved, to receive Christ as their Savior. Would, would everybody agree with me about that? All right, the second thing is if you are already saved, it, is, it should be my desire to inspire you to do more for God. Amen? To inspire you to make a difference in this world. To inspire you to keep going for God. Now, it should be every Christian's desire to inspire others to this capacity. And so... Let's look at that word desire. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. I looked up the word desire and one of the definitions is a passion excited by the love of an object or uneasiness at the lack of it and directed to its attainment or possession. I'm going to read that again. A passion... Excited by the love of an object or uneasiness at the lack of it and directed to its attainment or possession. My friend, I believe that when God saves you, He puts within you a burning desire to please Him. I believe He will put within you a burning desire to make a difference in this world and to inspire others to come to Christ and to live for Christ. 
And I believe that as born-again believers, when we do not see others being inspired to either receive Christ or live for Christ, that we should be bothered by that. That we should have such a passion to see it happen, that when it is not happening, that we, are, we rise to the occasion and try to do something to make it happen. And that's what passion does. When you have a passion for something, you have a love for whatever it is that you are going for. And as believers in Christ, I believe God has called us to be passionate about Jesus. So I want to answer the question this morning, what does it take to inspire others? What does it take to inspire others? And the first point, the first thing that it takes is Passion. Notice verse 10 said, it referenced work and labor of love. And I believe if you, if you could define the word passion in a biblical terminology, it would be these three words, labor of love. Labor of love. Because when you serve God out of the love that you have for the Savior, you are passionate about it because you're passionate about Him. Don't just do what you like to do. Do what you love to do. And I believe for the believer that there should be a love to serve God. That there should be a love to inspire others to give their life to Christ. And if they've done so, to give God their best. As a pastor, it is my responsibility and my duty to teach the flock of God, to feed the flock of God, and to inspire you to respond to the Spirit of God as He speaks to you through His Word. And when I do not see that happening, I have to reflect. I have to do some self-reflection. I have to first make sure that I am delivering to you what God wants me to deliver to you. Because it is my responsibility, I can tell you right now, I can get up here and I could feel an hour's worth of time and if I'm not speaking what God told me to speak to you, nothing's ever going to happen. You're never going to be inspired by men's words. The only thing that will inspire us is the very breath of God and that is His Word. So I have to look at myself, but not only that, I, it has to trouble me and that's why you can tell somebody's passion, you can tell what somebody's passion is by what they're bothered with. If it bothers you that people are not coming to Christ in the community like they used to, if it bothers you that the church pews are still empty, if it bothers you that Sunday school attendance is not where it could be, if it bothers you that the house is not filled to capacity with people hungry to hear the Word of God, then my friend, you have a passion for God. You have a passion inside of you. But the question is, are you willing to ignite that passion and utilize it for God's glory? We have to have a passion in order to inspire others. It may bother you, but does it bother you to the point of action? Does it bother you to the point of rising up and doing something about it? Passion involves work motivated by a love for its end result. Listen, I want to say it again. Passion involves work motivated by a love for its end result. Now, see, the problem we have is the process is not that lovely. The work is not that easy. We're not too motivated by the work that is involved in ministry because it is tough. It is difficult. It is challenging. And the work itself can be tiresome at times and challenging at times. And seemingly impossible at times. But my friend, we're not in the ministry to necessarily enjoy the process, but the prize at the end of the process. 
You see, and when you set a prize before you, you know that there's a lot of work involved between where you're at and where you have to go to obtain that prize. As a church, we understand that if we really want to see this church really booming and doing something great and mighty for God and really reaching the lost at all costs, we understand that to get that prize, there has to be something in between here and there called work. There has to be something between here and there called sacrifice. There has to be something here and there that's not so enjoyable, that's not so pretty, that's not so easy. It's called diligence. It's called endurance. But if you have enough passion then inside of you to, uh, to serve God like He has called you to serve Him, then you should be willing to rise up and pay whatever the price is to see that end result come to be. That's why He said in, in, in chapter 6 and verse 12 that you be not slothful, but followers of them through faith and patience inherit the promise. Listen, be not slothful. Why do Christians become slothful? Why do churches become slothful? Why do we get lazy? I'll tell you why we get lazy, because we lose our passion. Something happens to convince us that the price is not worth paying. And I think we are convinced that it won't do no good anyway, so why try? Why am I going to spend hours and hours and years and years of effort and energy to see little results? See, we live in an age where uh, we don't like delayed gratification. We want instant gratification. We, when we work today, we want to be paid Friday. But God's economy does not work like that. The Bible teaches us not only should we have passion, but we should have patience. Now I'm going I'm to deal with that in just a minute. But we become slothful when we lose sight of the prize that is set before us. Hence, we lose our passion. Show me a slothful Christian or a slothful church. And I'll show you a church who has no passion or zeal. They do not believe that the prize is worth the process. Or maybe it's because they've never endured long enough to obtain the prize, so they lose steam and quit too soon. But I remind you that Galatians 6 9 is still in the Bible, which says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You say, well, when are we going to reap after all this toil and all this labor, all this effort and all this spending money? When are we going to see anything happen? I'll tell you when, in due season. And that's not up to you and that's not up to me. That's up to our Heavenly Father. God knows when payday should be. And the Bible just instructs us. The Bible does not tell us when payday is. The Bible just tells us to endure till it comes. To be faithful till it comes. To be consistent till it comes. Not to be slothful. Not to just do celebrate what we did yesterday, but to continue today to move forward and to wait for the prize. Amen? And so we need passion, but we need, secondly, patience. Let me say this. It's not just patience, but verse 12 says that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So we really need faith with patience. Patience. Patience with faith. See, patience and faith are coupled together. We talk so much about faith that we forget about the patient part. Right? Forget about the patient part. Well, I believe God and He didn't do it for me. You didn't wait long enough. You didn't wait long enough. Don't just write it off and say, well, it must not have been God's will. You know, we've got a generation today that thinks if something don't happen in three weeks' time, then it's not worth sticking with. Well, I didn't get any results last week. Well, you haven't given it consistency. You haven't given it time. You haven't you haven't really labored in love and worked and, and been diligent 
and giving God enough reason to believe that your heart is really in it. See, faith that is not tested is not faith at all. If your faith is not being tested, then it's really no good. God has to test your faith. All right, I hear you talking, but let me see some walking. I, I hear you saying you trust me, but le- now let me let this trial come into your life and see how faithful you'll be. I hear you talking to me about how much you love me, but let me uh, expose you to some sinners in your life and see if you'll open up to them and share them my love for them. You see, God is not only interested in our, in our in today's faith, but in enduring faith, a patient faith that will wait patiently for the prize. Verse 13 of our text, For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had, watched this, patiently endured. It didn't say after he had believed, though belief was part of it. You know why he's patiently enduring? Because he does believe, right? We know that Abraham believed God, not because he said he did, but because he patiently endured. And so after he had patiently endured, he what happened? He obtained the promise. Wow, ain't that good? So you need some passion, but you also need some patience coupled with faith. Be patient. Wait on the Lord. What does the old song say? Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and He will strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say wait. Wait upon the Lord. Wait, I say wait. Wait upon the Lord. Waiting has a twofold meaning. Not only are you waiting for God to do something, but you're serving him you're you're like a waiter or a waitress you're serving God in the wait wait on him be patient don't quit ministry because ministry didn't do what you thought it would do in the time you thought it would be done preacher if you're listening to the sound of my voice don't give up on your ministry just because it didn't happen when you thought it would you got to be patient. you got to endure in order to obtain the promise. you got to believe God and prove to God that you believe Him. Come hail or high water. Let come what may, I'm believing God. Though the storms rage high and the dark clouds rise, they won't bother me, right? Because I'm sheltered in the arms of God. And I know that in the end, God cannot lie. What God promised, He will perform. What God begins, He will finish. God did not promise us a bed of roses on our journey to Canaan land. But He promised the promised land. Amen? There is a journey between here and there. It's called work. It's called faith. It's called labor of love. It's called diligence. You can call it many different things, but, but it's anything but pleasant at times. But your passion should not be in the work itself as much as the, the results that you will obtain. Anybody that has a job today will say, uh, matter of fact, well, many of them, some people have the privilege of doing what they love to do for a living, and that's great. But there's many people today that hate what they do, but you know why they're there? Because paydays are coming. They, they ain't going to work because they enjoy it. They're going to work because they like the results of it. They like to be able to pay their bills. They like to be able to go on a shopping spree on the weekend. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Same principle in the church. Look, it's not always fun to go soul winning. It's not always fun 
fun to go witness to people. It's not always fun to give more into missions than what you thought you was able to give. It's not always fun for God to ask you to give more of yourself than you thought you would be able to give. But the end result is always worth it. That's why we do it. And I believe where faith kicks in is not knowing how the end is exactly going to look. Because I really don't know who's going to respond and who's not. I really don't know how effective my ministry is going to be. But there's no way I'll know until I, with passion and patience and faith, serve God diligently and wait for the promise. I do know this much. If I get slothful and I get lazy, I won't see it happen. I won't see it happen. Because God... You know, somebody said, well, God can do it all and say he don't need us. Well, that's true, but he chose not to do it by himself. He chose sovereignly to use us. So in, in all reality, God's not going to do it without you. God's not going to do it without me. That's not his purpose for the church. The church is supposed to be the pillar and the ground for truth. Where else is this world going to find truth but at the house of God and, and the people of God who will go out into the community and share that truth with others? Hebrews 12, 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do us so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Don't give up. And this, these principles apply across all, all things in life. It's not just ministry. It's, it's, it's marriage. It's, it's money. It's finances. It's relationships. It's anything that, that you need God to do for you. Run with patience the race that is set before you. You've got the faith, but do you have the patience? Do you have the patience? You know what will tell? Only time will tell. And if you can't give it the time, then you'll never find out. Amen. Verse 2 of Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You see that? He had a joy set before him. Do you think the cross was fun? Do you think the cross was easy? Do you think the cross was something that he looked forward to? No, 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 no. It said, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. In other words, he dealt with the, the stuff in between here and there. And the reason most churches fail today and most churches die on, and dry up on the vine today is because they're not willing to do the stuff between here and there. God help us this morning. Do we have a desire to inspire? I tell you what will help you get motivated about serving God is when you do something for somebody else and it blesses their socks off and they tell you what a blessing you was, you know what that will do for you? They'll say, you know what? I like that. I like making a difference. I'm, I, I like being used of God. I want to do that again. But if you don't step out in faith and do something for God, you'll never have that experience. God help us to fall in love with inspiring others with the gospel. The Bible says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. So in other words, when you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving up, when you don't think it's worth the effort, when you feel like just throwing in the towel, remember Jesus. Remember the cross. Jesus was passionate about you and me. And he loved us so much that he was willing to endure all of that for the prize that came with it at the end. You know what this church can have? This church can have effective, I'm talking about booming, thriving. This church in a day and age where we're experiencing the great falling away all around us. This church can be filled to capacity, overflowing, needing to build another building if we have 
the passion, the faith, and the patience. You say, I don't believe that. Well, that's your problem right there. As long as you don't believe you'll do it, you'll never show forth an effort to try. Well, that church has been like that for the last 80 years. I don't reckon it'll ever change. Well, that's up to God, ain't it? That's up to God. That's, it's up to God. And I'll tell you this much, God wants it to change. God wants us to do more. I thank God for what we've done, but we're not finished yet. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, garycottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. As our time with you comes to an end, we'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Prayer for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Cottle Ministries, 171 White Circle, Louisville, Mississippi, 39339. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.